So welcome back into the pod, folks. It's Thanksgiving night, and I'm coming off of a cold, not COVID, and um, just reflecting on some things, and I thought that I would do a pod. Um, I try and with my uh, business, I try very hard to um, pick charities and do things that are helpful to people. Um, We work with the Wish Project a lot, which is a charity in town that helps unhoused people who are becoming housed get what they need, furniture, baby items, clothing, all sorts of things. And right now we're doing a little quick quote drive for them and winter winter gear drive. And of course we're doing Toys for Tots because I think Toys for Tots is an amazing charity and I love working with them every year and giving the highest amount of toys that we can possibly give. For the first time this year we have bicycles, um, two bicycles that people have donated and a lot of toys and we're not done. We have a couple more weeks to go before we're finished with gathering our toys. Um, but you know, we talk a lot about, um, unhoused people during Thanksgiving and the holidays because it's a time when all of us are feeling grateful and thankful for what we have. But right down the street from my studio is a homeless encampment And it's tucked away um, just below an overpass, a highway overpass, in very thick vegetation. So you can't see it from the road unless you're looking for it. And it's actually right adjacent to a little mall parking lot where there's a grocery store, a Walmart, a couple of restaurants, right across from um, a traditional gym. And... um, I know that the community, the homeless community, chose it because they can access the showers at the gym. Um, Very often there are porta-potties outside of, uh, behind Walmart and the grocery store. So they're able to use those facilities in dignity, in more dignity. And, um, you know, I know they band together and I know there are a lot of people in town who bring them donations and whatnot. I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding unhoused people. Um, A lot of people have a really bad attitude towards people who are unhoused. They think they're lazy. They think they just don't like society or they're all on drugs or addicted in some way. And, you know, that's just not, um, that's just not true. So I thought that I would relate Um, my story in the hopes that whoever's listening, that it would help you um, understand and give you a different perspective that maybe you could share with someone else. Maybe you yourself don't have those feelings um, about unhoused people, but maybe you know someone who does and maybe you could help them to understand why We should never, ever judge someone because we really, truly don't know what they're going through. And as you know, my voice sounds a little funky because of me getting over my cold and because I use my voice for work. Um, 
this is the part that kind of hangs around. Not really still sick. Um, <laughs> it's just my voice sounds froggy, especially at the end of the day. I did teach this morning with my business partner. And of course, I'm a talker. So I talk a lot anyway. Um, so here goes. When I moved back here to um, go to college, um, I was dating a boy and he very quickly um, asked me to marry him. Um, I was way too young for that shit, but I said yes anyway. And when I came back here, um, I was staying at his parents. We were staying in separate rooms and we were not fooling around. I was 18 years old, 17 and a half years old, and I was not um, active that way. He was fine with it, but his parents were convinced that we were and therefore decided to throw me out. And because I had not secured housing at school, um, basically I was homeless. Unfortunately, I did not. I had not yet reconciled with my uncle and my aunt and my cousins because they would have taken me in in a second. But I was in a very weird space, still believing my mother, who was a liar, and was afraid of them, basically, because of her. And so I didn't have anybody, or so I thought. So I had to move into a motel in Plymouth, um, and it was very difficult for a time. Um, my fiance boyfriend, um, didn't stay with me. So I was by myself. I had my car. I was in a motel, but, um, I was alone and, uh, I had to move a couple of times cause Back then, they didn't let you stay a long time. And he was he was helping me pay, of course, um, so I could stay there. But while it was not a long, long time, it was a couple of months before I found an apartment and I had a platonic male roommate. Um, it wasn't easy. And you might say, well, you weren't really unhoused Anna you could have gone home yes that is true I had an option I would have had to go back to Montana with the abusive situation it really wasn't an option in my mind and I think you would agree that it was not an option however um, again I wish I had reached out at that time to my aunt and uncle but I was too afraid of them um, due to my mother's lies and manipulations. So again, I didn't have an option. But I can tell you that it felt really, really lonely. And so I always try to remember that. Even though it was a long time ago, like 40 years ago, till I got situated and settled. But the feeling of being alone the feeling of not really having anything, um, having to count every single penny. Um, I've told 
not this full story, but part of the story in my classes where I had a big jar and um, I used it to put change in so that I could save up um, that money for um, female hygiene products, which are have always been very expensive, at least my whole life they have been. And um, <laughs> stressing about having enough money to buy what I needed in that area, as well as food. Um, there was bologna, there was a kitchenette in um, a couple of the places that I stayed. And I was able to make um, Kraft mac and cheese. Um, up until even a couple years ago, I had to have boxes of that, a couple boxes in my house. Um, I never ate them, but I needed to have them there as like a safety net. And it's making me a little emotional because it's hard. It's very hard to be in that position. And, um, and I'm not now. And I'm so grateful because I have my husband. I have a different husband, by the way. Um, if you didn't already know that. <laughs> um, and my brother's here. And I have my, my puppies. And I have a beautiful home. And I have plenty of food and plenty of people. But um, I remember it. I remember sitting in that motel and watching a TV with rabbit ears and uh, not really having access to a phone or being able to go off and do anything fun or buy clothes or do anything. And uh, it was really hard. Um, I did uh, end up marrying that boy and we were married for six years and, you know, his family was always kind to me. Um, but basically, as I said earlier, threw me out. And um, I just wasn't a confident person then. A confident enough to say, if you can't stand up to your parents and at least help me find a place to stay, you have tons of relatives here. No one can rent me a room or bring me into their home temporarily or, you know, this isn't forever. Um, but I didn't, I didn't stand up and say that. And, uh, I would tell 18 year old me, you know, you need to do that because you're, you're not being treated right. But I learned obviously. Um, but I just want everyone to think about when you see an unhoused person, you don't know their situation. You don't know if they lost a job and or someone in their family died and they ended up on the street because they just weren't prepared or there were no relatives around. And, you know, if we can all just help each other, if you can reach out and help somebody, whether it's by doing a coat drive by donating a bureau to the Wish Project, if you're in our area, there are charities everywhere that do this for unhoused people who then become housed. They they have nothing. They need mattresses. They need bedding. They need towels. You know, those are all luxury things that we all take for granted. You know, I cleaned out 
the lost and found at my studio. I try to do it a couple times a year because it does get full. And I lay everything out on the floor and I take photos and I post it in our private group where all my clients are so that they can see it and come and get their stuff. I give them a week or so. Then I say, if it's still here in a week, it's getting donated to the Wish Project. I am embarrassed for my clients about the amount of things that were in that bin. There were at least 10 Stanley water bottles, which retail for $40 a piece. Okay? They don't even know they're missing. Okay? Coats, hoodies, 27 pairs of shoes, not trashy shoes, not just flip-flops, nice things, nice sweaters, nice shoes, these water bottles that are so expensive, and they just don't even know they're missing because they have so much abundance. I do too, by the way. I'm not saying it's just my clients. It's me too. Okay. I didn't have anything in lost and found, but I'm saying there's so much abundance here and we just take it for granted that it's all ours. And what we need to do is we need to go through it and we need to donate what we're not using. And I'm speaking about myself as well, not just other people, me too. Okay. Look around your house. Start in one corner, start in one room and give, donate, share with a friend or family member who may be able to use something that you don't. There are everything is free sites on social media where you can say, I have this, I don't know, let's, let's say desk, not expensive desk, but let's say a desk. I'm not using it anymore. I'm not working from home. If anybody can use it, private message me and I'll give you the address or sell it for 10 or 20 bucks that someone could afford or donate it to the wish project or a charity that helps unhoused people who are becoming housed. Okay. If you have a bunch of towels that are older, you can donate them to, um, an animal shelter, blankets, things like that. Okay. Clothing, go through your clothing what I do with my workout clothing, because I do have a ridiculous amount of it. It's embarrassing. Ridiculous. It's a couple times a year. I go through my stuff. What am I not using? And then I bring it into my studio and I do a tag sale for my clients at really cheap prices. And I'm able to pass it along to them, make a little uh, pocket money for myself, but I'm also able to pass it on and people get nice clothing and they're able to use it because I'm not using it because I have too much. When you sat down to your table today for Thanksgiving, how much should you throw out? We try very hard in our house not to throw out a lot of stuff. We try to not make too much and we have plenty. I assure you, we have a ton. So That's another way that you can help the planet. You can help others. Look around you, see how much you have. You know, we're all being grateful for what we have, right? But look around and see what you can donate, what you can give to somebody who is unhoused. Charities that help those folks 
And if you know our area that I'm in and you see on the local Facebook pages when somebody is going to gather a bunch of stuff and bring it over to the encampment, don't just show up at a homeless encampment. See if there's a church affiliation or if you are able, go by there by yourself and ask folks what they need. What can I do to help you? What can I get you that you might need? You know, a couple weeks ago, there were people on our local Facebook page that were saying that the grocery store that's adjacent to the homeless encampment, that the police did not chase a guy on his bike, his bicycle, who had taken a food item from the store and they didn't chase him. And they were mad because the police didn't chase this man. And when I came into class that night, I said, did you hear about this story? In my class, some, some heard about it, some didn't. And somebody said, yeah, why didn't they chase him? That's their job. And I just looked at her and I said, probably because he was just hungry. He didn't stick up the place. He didn't use a gun. He didn't threaten anybody. He, uh, he took some food. And they just looked at me. And I said, you know I don't, I don't uh, condone uh, crime in any way. But come on. They could have caught him if they wanted to. And the, the CPD looked at each other and probably said, let him go. He, he needed to eat. And the more we do that, and I don't mean condoning crime, but the more that we can look upon people as human beings, any of us, if we were hungry, would do that. I thankfully never had to do that. But I could understand somebody doing that. Maybe he has a child in that encampment and he was getting something for his child. He wasn't hurting anybody. He wasn't threatening anybody. He needed food and they let him go. And I think that's good. So while my story is not a tragic story of being unhoused, I can tell you that it was scary. I can tell you it was very lonely. And I can tell you that it was very hard. But it's always in the back of my mind. And so it makes me a little bit more apt to help somebody. And I think there are too many people walking around in the world because things have never happened to them. They've always had abundance. They've always had everything they wanted, everything they needed. They've never had to struggle for anything. They consider a struggle not being able to get the flavor coffee they want or having to wait a long time in line for it. That's not struggle. I don't wish struggle on every person but I wish every person could understand those who struggle because you shouldn't have to struggle to be empathetic to others. You shouldn't have to wait until something happens to you to care about it. If we all just cared about each other, whether or not it's happened to us, the world would be a better place. 
a much better place.